first time. And also, uh, if you're visiting for a second time, watch out. We're coming after you. You belong to us now. <laughs> you belong to us. And uh, happy Mother's Day. I'm uh, speaking on a message titled, Truly Great Moms. Truly Great Moms. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you minister to us today from your word and give us true understanding so that we can truly represent you on the earth. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm sure every mother wants to be a great mother. It'd be good if people refer to you as a wonderful mom. But how do you define greatness with respect to motherhood? How do you define that? Can we define it as a person who is very diligent, getting all the tips from the experts, working real hard to follow through with all the tips, spending time, sometimes homeschooling, all of those things. These things are great, but ultimately, the only way we can judge a mother is by how the kids turn out. That's the only way. And the greatest of all moms, without a doubt, is the mom, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is the greatest of all because of the son that bore the weight of the world and gave himself for us. You know, Jesus was speaking in a place one time and he was talking about devils and demons and how the kingdom of Satan cannot be divided against itself and that a house divided against itself would not stand. And as he was speaking, there were a, lot, there were a crowd around him and a woman yelled out, she was so excited. I'm not sure if she heard everything that she was saying, but just looking at that man, there's something so unique about this man. In Luke 11, verse 27 and 28, he says, the woman spoke up. He said that a certain woman, while he was speaking, a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you. Just looking at this man, that womb must be blessed. And the breast which nursed you. I'd like you to focus on Jesus' reply. But he said, Jesus said, more than that, more than what you said, I won't dispute what you said, but more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's an amazing statement. You think Mary was blessed? Well, God is saying, Jesus himself said, the very son of God says, yes, that's true. But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. Not just hearing, you bring it in, you analyze it, and you work with the word. Jesus said, you're blessed. 
what I believe is saying if you want to be a great mom the only way on earth to truly be a great mom a great mother on the earth is to hear the word of God and act on it blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it not just hearing it you hear it and you do the work so we know without a doubt that Jesus' mom was the greatest but there's another woman in the Old Testament that I consider truly great mother it was the mother of Samuel the prophet I know that we focus on spending time with our children right that's very important teaching our children that's very important you can do all of that but if God is absent you haven't done a whole lot you see Hannah the mother of Samuel spent but just a few days with her son and sent the son into a godless home the priest's home but that short time because she was a great mom and God knew that that short time was enough for this young man for the rest of his life the only true example that this man had not from the priest not from the priest's children just from the mom and the dad just a few days when God is involved it becomes truly great you know that son grew up your mother who is defined by how your children turn out you can boast about all you're doing and you can be very active doing all the stuff but if they don't turn out good the people will look a bad mother what happened to the mother Have you heard about Britney Spears people are questioning yeah what happened to the mother wealthy poor mother poor parents rich poor this is what the Bible says about Samuel so Samuel grew they hear from a boy he grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground that's a great man wouldn't you like to have a son like that that God almighty himself focuses on his words what a man says God says I will endorse everything if he says you it's over for your life God says that's right it's over he's a great man and so we judge his mom by that he was a, she was a great and you can look into their lives and find out that they were truly great mothers they were not perfect but great what makes them great what made these two individuals great one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament you know what most parents want to do is to be careful work hard <laughs> save some money for their education put the money in the bank so that they can have a life later and they believe that by so doing they've done their jobs as parents others are very careful about their education we got to school them right we got to send them to the best schools in town 
or in the country. We have to make sure that they have their PhDs and they become doctors or whatever. And they believe that when they're through with all of that and they've, they'll become great people in the society and be well respected. And that will fall on them. The credit goes back to them. And others are so into sports. We got to make them great athletes. They go out there and perform. And then as they come on television, you say, that's my boy there. And he's a boy, great mom. And they go, hi, mom. Have you seen them on television? Hi, mom. But many of them had brought shame to their parents. Amen. It's nothing that. Many wealthy people have brought shame to their families. CEOs have gone, wound up in prison. Shame. It's not in wealth. It's not in education. There are a lot of educated fools. They are as dumb as they come. But they are well educated. And they bring their parents and their families shame. I believe the greatest thing that a man or a woman, a mother, can leave, the greatest inheritance that you can leave for your child, is a godly heritage. Pursue that. Pursue that. There is a great benefit, a great reward, even after you're gone, if you deliver to them a godly heritage it will be working even after you've gone to be with the Lord it will be working for you there were two individuals early in the creation of this particular great state the United States of America two individuals one of them is named Mark, Max Jukes. He was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. So you know he won't leave a godly heritage for the children, right? He also married a godless woman. He was an atheist and married a godless woman. And they did this study and they traced his descendants and followed 560 of them to see how they turned out in life, this atheist and his atheist wife. I want to share with you what happened to that, this 560 that were traced. 310 of them died as paupers. 150 of those were criminals. Seven of those were murderers. He didn't leave them any godly heritage. They traced them, those descendants, to see what happened to them, how they turned out. Seven of them were murderers. A hundred of them were drunkards of the 560. More than half of the women were prostitutes. And the descendants of uh, Mr. Jukes caused the United States 
1.25 million dollars in 19th century dollars. They were a liability to the government. He was an atheist. I'm sure he felt good about what he thought he believed. And look at what he cursed his descendants. He didn't leave them with a godly heritage. I said, the best thing you can leave for your children is more than gold. A godly heritage. At the same time, his contemporary, his name is Jonathan Edwards. How I many you heard about that? In your history, Jonathan Edwards, he was a committed Christian man. He also married a very godly young woman. No, you just don't go out there and pick whoever you want. If you are a godly person, don't go out and pick somebody who is not godly. Saying, we love. What kind of love is that? Think about what's going to happen to you in the future. I discover you can always love. If God is in it, you can love. Especially if you are a believer, you can love. He picked a godly woman to be his wife. And they traced 1,394 of his descendants to see what, how they turned out in life. Do you want to know what happened to them? A thousand. The other was just 560. This was 1,394 of them. We are told in this study that 295 of them were college graduates, graduated from college. 295. 13 of them became college professors, I mean college presidents. 13 out of those. 65 became college professors. A godly heritage. Working for them down, even after the guy was gone. Three were elected as U.S. Senators. Three of them. Three were state governors. You can tell the difference between these two families, right? While some were in the state house, others were in the prison. <laughs> state governors. Thirty of them were judges. Sentencing the others to, to prison, right? A hundred of them were lawyers. One was the dean of an outstanding law school. One of them. Fifty-six were practicing physicians. They all practiced uh, as physicians. One was the dean or the dean of an outstanding medical school. A hundred of them were well-known missionaries, preachers, and wrote a, a bunch of books from the same lineage. 80 of them held some form of public office. Three were mayors of large cities. One was the controller of the US Treasury. One was the vice president of the United States. And none of them, I repeat, none of them was a liability to the US government. They gave, they took nothing. Can you tell the difference? One family had a godly heritage, the others didn't. And look how the kids turned out. You know why? 
This is because of what the Lord himself said. God said that himself. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, God says this, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God. Amen. No, I want you to know this, that the Lord your God, he is God. He is not a man. He won't die. He won't forget his promise. He's always there. When you're gone, he's still here. Know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. The faithful God. God, his, God says, I want you to know this. I will not forget you. I am a faithful God. I'll keep the covenant I have with you through my son. When you are gone, I'll still be working with your kids. The mine was yours is mine. Amen. Because you were bought with a price. You belong to him. Everything you own belongs to him. He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy. You know why we need mercy? Because sometimes we give up. We do something wrong. But because he's your God, he'll forgive you. For a thousand generations... With those who love him and keep his commandments. He is faithful. He is a God who will keep mercy, uh, covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. And he repays those who hate him to their face. To destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. That's what happened to that it that it is. So what did you what what are we to do? <laughs> Work hard to leave a godly heritage for your kids. That's more than money. Young people, as you're growing, this is the thing. You know, I'm glad in my generation, I am the first in line because my father was not like that. But I'm glad Jesus came into my life. And I just know God will take care of my children. They will be great. You know, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13. God himself said, he said, your children, because you're mine now. If you give your life to the Lord, your children will be taught by God himself. He said, great shall be the peace of your children. You know what that word peace, shalom, you know what that means? Prosperity of your children. Even to a thousand generations down the line. That's what happened to the Jonathan Edwards. A thousand generations down. He take care of him. I am a God of covenant. Faithful God. Covenant. Now, you cannot give a godly heritage if you, don't, if you are not godly. You cannot give what you don't have. So you have to obtain it first. Be a godly person and then you hand over your, the godly heritage to your children and he stays with them. No one can take whatever God has given. Why were they great? How can you pass down a godly heritage to your children? 
How can you become a real great mom or a great dad? First thing is devotion to God. I didn't say perfection. I said devotion to God. There is a God that created all mankind. And if you have not received Christ as your savior, you need to take that first step. Make sure that Christ is your Lord and savior. You have Christ in your life. He becomes your father. You inherit the person of God as your father through Jesus Christ. Then you go on with your journey with him. Devotion to God is so important. Today, a lot of people are not as devoted. And I'm going to show you with the life of Mary why God chose this woman. You see, we look at the outward things. We look from the outward. But God is looking at the heart. A great mother is one first in the heart. Amen. And God saw in the time uh, that Jesus was born, Everyone was expecting Messiah. It was true. It was, they talked about it all the time. They were under bondage to Rome. So they were looking for a deliverer. So it was a good time to talk about Messiah coming. So everyone was expecting Messiah. There was one Judas who claimed to be Messiah. And uh, we are told by Gamaliel, he wasted away. He died with his followers. So everyone was looking for Messiah. Every Jewish girl was looking uh, to be the mother of, of, of the Messiah. But God picked this one. Why? God is not a respecter of persons. I'm sure there was something in her devotion to God. She wasn't perfect. There was that devotion to God that was strong. And God says, that's the one. I know this one will be able to take care of my son. Do you have a heart like that for God? You know, after Mary heard the word from the angel, the Bible said that he left town, she left town and went to be with Elizabeth. I'm not sure if she told anybody about what was going on. Uh, she was just human like the rest of us. You know, with me, I like to check things out, you know. Because the angel said, you know, your cousin Elizabeth, she's with child now, old lady, uh, for six months. I got to see this with my own eyes, you know. So Mary left to check this thing out and saw Elizabeth with the child. And she says, got it. And but three months she stayed with Elizabeth, just, just observing and marveling, boy, God, you're great. Meanwhile, she was growing a little bigger. And by the time she returned, uh, I'm sure Joseph was really excited. My wife, my wife to be, she's back. Yeah. And she's, what's that? <laughs> what's that? Oh, I'm pregnant. Huh? You are? Well, it was, it was of the Holy Ghost. Sure, it was of the Holy Ghost, Joseph said. <laughs> he wasn't going to accept that. Notice something. Joseph was troubled, right? Mary wasn't. She had peace. 
Joseph could possibly couldn't sleep at night for, because of what he had heard. He wouldn't believe it. But Mary didn't allow herself to be tormented. Why? Him. He will fight for me. She had great trust in him. That's where it all begins. Your faith and your devotion to your God. Mary didn't argue with Joseph. She told him the truth. He wouldn't believe. She left him alone. I mean, she was ready to give it all. Now, there was glory upon her life. Great favor from God upon her life. Great glory from God, mother of the one. At the same time, with glory, shame right on the other side. If Joseph said anything negative, that would be shame on Mary. She couldn't convince anybody. But she wasn't bothered. It was for her God. Amen? So no matter what, we are told you want to be fully devoted to God. Even if you don't understand it, do your best in the name of the Lord for your children. Make sure that you are for God. And let them see that you are fully devoted to God. It will stay in them more than a thousand sermons. But also, again, I want to point out, it says in Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph... Her husband, being a just man, notice, she married a Christian as well. One that was recommended of God. Don't make, especially for the single women here. Don't let what we call love blind your eyes. Because you can tell the man is not godly, but you are in love. Don't go there. It's not going to be pleasant. You may not leave a godly heritage for your children. If you made the mistake in the past, God can forgive. But be resolved to do what is right. Because of your children. Because of your children. And be open with your mistakes. Let them know, I made a mistake. Be very open. I made a mistake, I've gone back. But now... This is who I am. And let them see consistency. Devotion to your God. Strong. It will minister to them. He was a just man. And not wanting to make her a public example. He was going to put her aside privately. He still was going to save this woman's life. Because she stood a chance of losing her life. In their day. But you see, the thing there is Mary was not bothered by all of that. She was trusting in her God. I believe that's why God chose this woman to be the mother of his son. Will God, could God see that in you? She was devoted to God all the way. Remember after the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus rose from the dead and um, the disciples gathered. I'm sure they were all perplexed about what was going to happen next. And Mary positive, the mother of Jesus, you know, 
I want to know what's going on. And she was with the rest of them. She was with the rest of the disciples and the apostles. She wasn't leading everybody. I'm Jesus' mother. You all need to listen to me. No, she was just one of them and let the disciples lead. But she gathered with them. And the Bible says she was praying with them. To who? To her son who's gone up to heaven. Many Christians won't gather, they stay home and have rest. Because we're born again. We're Christians. That's the mother of Jesus. Gathered. Acts 1.14. It says, and all these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. See, they were praying. She was devoted to her God all the way till the end. She wasn't perfect, but devoted. Do you remember what she did with her husband? They were not perfect people. They went to Jerusalem with uh, little Jesus, 12 years old, right? And they forgot Jesus behind and kept going. They were going back to Galilee a day's journey before they remembered. They had forgotten their son. Would, that, would you call that a good mom? <laughs> we'll call CPS. Home alone. They forgot the kid back in Jerusalem. And then they had to turn around and started going. After good mother would check. Oh, where is Jesus? Is he among us? I said, we think that's a good mother, right? Making sure everything is in place. And God is not looking at that. Your devotion to him. More importantly, he will overlook those things and make up for your deficiencies to raise up a godly seed to himself. Amen. That's what God is calling us. Let them see Christ in you. Mothers, let them see that you love God. Children observe a lot. You can tell them, they wake up in the morning, they know it's Sunday. Mom, is Sunday. We're going to church today. And you say, no, I'm tired. You've given them a lesson. You've taught them a great lesson. You can't leave them a godly heritage that way. You have to be consistent. I like to go to Hannah, the mother of uh, Samuel. We talked about her, a great woman of God. I said she only had but a few years, very few. I don't know if it was up to seven. I don't know how long to be with Samuel. And that was enough for this boy for the rest of his life. I would like you to see what she went through herself, but still devoted to God. And God saw that. I will reward you with the best of sons. God said. She was married to a man. Elkanah. And Elkanah had two wives. Penina and Hannah. He loved Hannah. But Hannah couldn't give him a child. But Penina uh, was a baby factory. <laughs> she kept producing 
Now, I don't know about this culture because I've heard young girls say here, uh, I don't want to have a child. When Angela was in nursing school, there was a, a friend of uh, her, hers that said, we don't want any children. I was alarmed when I heard that. But uh, I've heard that, yeah, and I'm used to hearing it. The girls just say, I don't want a child. A couple just said, we don't want any children. And we just go on. Selfish, you No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they don't want to bother with all of that. They just want to have fun. But in my culture, if you are married and uh, two years has gone by and there's not a son or a daughter coming, uh, the ladies will start gathering and gossiping together and say, are you sure he married a man, I mean a woman or a man? I'm <laughs> she becomes a man in the eyes because she can, she can have a child. It's uh, very painful. And if you dare say, I don't want any child, and they say, she's a witch. <laughs> That's the way it was. Things may have changed. They now see MTV, you know. <laughs> but in those days, it was not like that. I mean, uh, you look, say, she didn't have any child. Boy, what a wicked woman. God didn't even see fit to give her, give her a child. That was what Hannah had to put up with in her time. I believe it was more so in her time than it was when I was growing up. A big shame. And this was a pain for her. But notice what, let me read this scripture. Amit made sure she knew because she was jealous because her husband loved her more. It says in First uh, Samuel chapter 1 verse 6 and 7, and our rival, <laughs> it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way he told her. A rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked him and provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. You know what most people will do? They'll stay home. Right? I don't Because going to the house of the Lord means something painful for that woman. Year after year. Most people will give up. But it didn't bother her. It was for her God. She was devoted to her God. She was there every year, knowing she was going to suffer ridicule and pain. But she went. And God says, I'm going to bring the best through you in your generation. They will honor you through this one because you've got what it takes to raise a great son for the Lord. It starts with your heart, your devotion to him. The kids need to see this. You know, there's a guy, uh, I, I, I used to listen to his tapes long ago when I was a new Christian, Sid Lobaster by name, uh, probably type his name on uh, search, you probably find it. He was eloquent, great minister of God. And uh, his testimony was, they said, how did you get saved? He says, my dad, my dad. No message, my, just my dad. What he saw in his dad was sincerity and devotion to God. That was it. No message. He said, my dad could never read through Isaiah 53. 
By the time he comes to the place where he says, he was wounded for my transgression. He says his dad was, oh, my gentle savior. He went through this for me. And he started crying. And closed the book. He, he can control himself. He just cries. And then the kids will walk away. He started thinking, boy, he must, this savior must have gone through a whole lot. Something to make daddy cry like this. And they saw devotion in the home. Not a word, not a message. He knew that's that's what I want to do. Became a wonderful, great preacher. Then in 75, I was listening to his tips back in Africa. He lived down here. When you are devoted to God and you give him all, you may not be great, <laughs> but he could raise great ones from your loins and you will be well respected when you show up amen because of the blessing they were great because of their devotion to God Mary was devoted to the Lord a second thing that you must have is to trust God you must be a woman of faith a person of faith you have to trust God. The kids have to see that in you. If you're human, you'll go through difficulties. There will be problems. There will be troubles in your life. And the kids are watching. How do you deal with troubles in the home? How do you resolve conflicts in the home? These things are important to the children. They want to see how you handle your problems because when they're grown they will be going through the same thing and if you have gone through the problems with God behind you and have, they've seen the work of God they've seen God do miracles in your life when they become grown they know where to go and they'll pass it on but if you fret and call everybody and <laughs> you manipulate and you lie and you cheat then they know you can't deceive them. We have to be people of faith. Mary was a woman of faith, great faith. That's why she's the greatest of moms, greatest of mothers today. How difficult it will be. I mean, they knew Messiah was coming, but they didn't know how. How many women today will, will accept the angel saying the Holy Ghost will be, will overshadow you and then you will become pregnant? You know, they will have 12 more questions to ask this, whole, this angel, I'm telling you. You got to clarify that. What do you mean? Clarify that. Unless the angel will say, oh man, I've already told you what I came to say. Yeah, I know, but can you, can you say more? Let me understand more. Tell me what time, how will I feel, right? How do I really know? And she just said, be it unto me according to your words. Simple. And that's what Jesus said. Yes. More than that, blessed is the one who hears the word of God. And does it. More than that. That's what Mary said. Luke 138. Behold. 
the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. You know, God can change anything in our lives. Anything, no matter how bad that thing is. Just one second, God can change it. We heard in Sunday school this morning, uh, Solomon 70, at 17, he, he wasn't that smart, right? God changed his wisdom one day. He was this great Solomon that was. God can do it just by faith. Let the kids know that we live by faith, we walk by faith and not by sight, that you are depending on God. When difficulties come, even though you are like the rest of them, you are pointing it to them, let's pray, let's talk to God, let God, you leave them a godly heritage. They need to know that this is the place to go. The help of man is useless. That's what the Bible says. And if you're constantly running to men instead of to God first, the kids know where your faith is. But these were people of faith. And you know, after that happened, Elizabeth left, and I mean, Mary left to be with Elizabeth to check that out, still faith. And this is what Elizabeth said to her. When Mary appeared, Elizabeth saw her, and John the Baptist, as soon as Mary said, hi, John the Baptist received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, amen, in the womb, and leapt up. And, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost came on Elizabeth, and then she started to prophesy. And in her prophecy, she said to Mary, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment or a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. How many things has God spoken to you? Do you believe them? Ah, all of these kids are going to be great. I say that all the time. When I come here to pray, I'm saying that and I'm telling the Lord, I believe these children that you've given to us, they are going to be great. Because the Lord himself said that. He said, they shall all be taught of God. And great shall be the peace of your children. You don't need to worry your children will be great. The peace of God will be upon your lives. She was a woman of faith. And that's why God chose her. There's something that's curious. Uh, Jesus was attending um, a wedding feast. Just as a guest. Minding his own business. While they were partying. And then they ran out of wine. <laughs> Sometimes people run out of wine, you know, in their lives. But you go to Jesus. Mary went to Jesus and said, hey, they don't have any wine. And Jesus said, so? <laughs> Jesus told her, my time hasn't come. It's not yet my time to do these things. But you know, she knew he could do miracles. Jesus had not done a single miracle until that time. But Mary knew. That's the son of God. Whatever he asked from the father, he's going to do it. And she's believing her son to convert water to wine. I don't think she thought about water. She didn't know how he was going to do it. She just said, do it. Son, they need wine. And compelled the son to do that miracle. That's great faith. But there's a key word here that she said to the servants. He says, his mother said to the servant, whatever he says to you, 
what? Do it. That's the greatest gospel. <laughs> Whatever he says to you, do it. If you do it, your water will be turned into wine. Whatever he says to you, do it. She was a woman of faith. And you know the story of, uh, of Hannah. Why she was in torment because of all that uh, Penina was doing to her. She didn't argue. She refused to eat. She went into the temple and began to pray. Asking God for this child. And made a promise to God. If you give me a son. All she wanted was a son. If you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And she was crying out to God from the bottom of her heart, from the pain. Sometimes we go through pain and we're crying out to people. They can't help you. And even if they help you, their help will not last. But when you cry out to God and God answers from heaven, that answer will stay with you. That answer will make you great. She cried out to God and this backsliding priest told her, go in peace. The God of Israel grant you your petition. And her response was immediate. See? Immediate. You know what we'll do? This backsliding pastor, he's saying this, how can I receive his word? You know? But he represented Christ. He represented God. And he said, God grant you. And she left. In uh, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 18, this is what uh, Hannah said back to the priest. Let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. She had refused to eat before, but just by hearing this, those few words, she changed her mind. The miracle was done. And she went and ate. And she was no longer sad. You couldn't make her sad. And she told her husband, the time has come. We're going to have a son. We're going to have a son. I believe that is what Samuel saw in the mother. I'm sure she educated him. This is how I got you. See? This is how you came into the world. You are not like other kids. God gave you to me. A time is coming, Samuel. I'm going to take you back. And the Lord who gave you to me is going to be with you. This is how I lived my life. And Samuel observed just for a few years. And then left home. And never went back. She still went back every year to be with Samuel. Brought him stuff. But there was never one time that Samuel was crying. Mama, I want to go back home with you. Why don't you take me back? He understood. Those few years. What are your children getting from you? What are they seeing in your life? Do they see devotion? to God he's in number one they know it when he's not they know 
when you're going to get angry about something, especially uh, when it relates to your God. So, oh, you don't want to go there. My mama doesn't like that. <laughs> Amen. They know what you believe. And it stays with them. Amen. We have, very, we have a lot of great moms here today. I know we do. And your children are blessed. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? This is the only thing that God is asking for. You can do all you want to do, but just these two things. Remember these two things. And the third one also, prayer. Prayer. Things are very important. If you're here and you're not fully committed to Christ, think about what you're doing. If you've not made a decision for Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, think about what you're doing. How it is going to affect your children in the future. If you're here and you want to totally devote your life to God, not just for that, but for you to leave a godly heritage for your children. I'd like you to raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. You're committing everything to him. Would the rest of us just stand up? Amen. Let's give him everything. Hold nothing back. Let him have full control. We'll raise your hands up to the Lord this morning. If you are a son or a daughter, thank God for your mother. If you are a mother or a father, remember that the only gift that will last that you can truly live for your leave for your children is a godly heritage something that will be here when you're gone and your children will be blessed father i thank you for your word this morning i bless your people in the name of jesus I bless your children in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless the mothers, especially those that have young ones. Lord, with the ability from God and the know-how to raise a godly seed to our God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask for your blessings on their finances. I ask for your blessings on their relationships. I ask for your blessings upon their lives in every area of life. Let your hands be upon your children for good. And for our children here at the Ark Fellowship, I declare in the name of Jesus that they will be head and not tail. They will be above and not beneath. They will do exploits in this land in the name of Jesus. They will represent you well in the land. None of them will turn away from the way of God, but they will follow the way of the cross till they see you face to face. We pray that today 
and declare that today in the name of the Lord Jesus thank you father we bless your name be with your people now as we depart from this place let your name be glorified in our lives in Jesus name and the people of God said amen God